Here at the Roar, football season isn't just in the fall. It's all year round. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the Roar, 10.03 a.m. You want to get in? We'd love to hear from you. Clemson, South Carolina baseball. Uh, getting started maybe today. <laughs> we'll see. 7 p.m. Founders Park is what it's scheduled for right now. John, I'm sure you have plenty of contingency plans of your own set up here at the Roar for uh, weather concerns. But I think I think they'll get Saturday and Sunday in, correct? Well, we don't have any, any concern about that right now? Um. No, not, not as of now, but I'm also in a, I'm worrying about today mindset. Just one day at a time. One day at a time. Windshield mentality. Exactly. Any other Dabo-isms you'd like to throw in there? No, that, that's all for right now. Okay, fair enough. But we'll talk Clemson football later on in the show. Billy Barlow scheduled to face Eli Jones in game one on the mound of the rivalry series. Uh, Barlow, of course, didn't have a great outing last time out. Really struggled. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what he's got in game two. Do you, I? I have no idea, and I, I don't even know how much you want to speculate on how the weather would change pitching rotations. I I just don't know. I mean, it depends on. I mean, you have a ton of options if you're a coach. Would you just skip Barlow altogether and keep Tristan Smith and Aiden Canock? I, I think that's a legitimate option. I, I think it's a very legitimate option. I I guess the question is, would you, if you did that, or, or however you decided to switch it around to where one of these guys is not throwing this week, or not getting their start, would you use one of them in a pin situation? Yes. What Would you use, like, on at Sager Park Saturday, for example, would you give still give Tristan Smith the start because it was his scheduled start and let Barlow come in after him? That's what I would do. I, I would start I, I would keep Tristan Smith on his normal star and piggyback him with Barlow. Like if he had if he Or do you I guess also game dependent, could you save Barlow to come in after Canuck on Sunday at home? But that also gets less you less little... likely because it's righty and righty. I think I think I want a lefty righty to go to uh in on in Saturday's game. Okay. It wouldn't be because of he has to pitch on Friday. Like throw Barlow on Sunday afternoon and then throws again on Friday. Yeah, you also don't know if you. I don't know if you want to do that either. Boy, it it, it does open up a lot of different scenarios. But just me personally, I would I would keep Tristan Smith on on the Saturday schedule game. I want to keep I want to keep some semblance of schedule on on pace. You know, like I, I'd rather disrupt Barlow here than disrupt Barlow and Smith and Canock. Because isn't that what you'd be doing? Yeah, if you, yeah, you move, would be. If you move Barlow to Saturday. Now he's got an extra day's rest, but then Smith's going to be pitching next week on on a less rest. And then what do you do with Canock? He's got to get some time in. You can't just go two weeks without pitching him. So I think I think I go Smith and Barlow piggyback on Saturday, depending on how I need it, and then maybe Canock and and hopefully save Darden by by say by using Barlow on Saturday, you could save Darden to Sunday. You know, because you can get multiple innings out of Ethan Darden. Right. He's your most consistent pitcher right now. Most efficient pitcher, I should say, 
I mean, to start the season. So that's that would be what I would do. I, I can't speak to what the coaching staff will do because they probably haven't made that decision. They've got the plans laid out, but I don't know that they've decided because the game hasn't been called yet. But Correct. I don't know if South Carolina would do the same thing. Uh, Dylan Eskew is going Saturday, and then Roman Kimball is going on Sunday. Uh, they may take a similar approach, too, depending on how they want to want to match it up but texter uh wants to know makes sense what are the keys for clemson this weekend also how do we keep dylan brewer from getting on base (laughs) well you know nobody's done that he's in over 500 this year he's been the best hitter on the team i'm serious john quit laughing i'm not no you're just being mean (laughs) dylan brewer's had an exceptional year so far he has he's been impossible to get out uh, and I think that there's going to be some ramped up energy. He's gonna he's gonna get a lot of at bats, you know. So you're gonna see him a lot. Sunday's gonna be interesting at Doug Kingsmore when he makes his second triumphant return uh, to the park he used to previously play in. Uh, but I, I do think that some of the keys. Um, oh, I tell you what. Before we before I give, before I answer your question. I don't, I, I don't want to delay because this might take us in some fun directions here. Gamecock Will is up. I'll, I'll come back to the keys. Hey, Gamecock Will, how are you? I'm doing good, Brian. How about you? Doing well. Let me turn down my radio here. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, I got a basketball question. All right. Got two, I got two of them. Uh, number one, uh, ACC player of the year. I thought you know, between P.J. and uh, R.J. Davis, I think R.J. started out with slight edge, then, you know, North Carolina went on a little slump there, and then I think P.J. took over. Man, here lately, P.J.'s been in a lot of foul trouble, and R.J. stepped up again. So I think R.J.'s got slight edge again. How did y'all feel about that part? I think it's more than a slight edge. I, I, I don't even know that he ever really lost it. I think maybe P.J. made up a little bit of ground. I think Hunter Salas from Wake Forest made up a little bit of ground. But... I just neither, you know, PJ's not played at a high level as much offensively the last uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks, and and Salas was a was a non factor in a in a loss to Notre Dame. So I I don't I don't really know that uh, this is even debatable. I think R.J. Davis has run away with it. Okay, my my second question is uh, South Carolina. I mean, they've been I've been here to be that this year, and they lost. They had a big lead and lost, but. They start to play good again. Uh, they only got Tennessee and Florida coming up, but it's going to be two tough games. I think we need the least split. But uh, anyway, do you see, you know, Paris was predicted to go to the bottom, you know, first of the year. And, you know, he's got a chance to get a double bye now. So do you see him and Don Staley and even – Murray Bowles get a freshman of the year, all three at the same time. Is that possible? Can they get what again? Paris get national coach of oh. the year, then Don Staley get national coach of the year, Murray Bowles get freshman of the year at the same time. You think that's possible? I mean, maybe for SEC coach. I don't know about national. I think I think he is national coach of the year. No, no, I'm just saying in terms of like to get the clean sweep from a national. The Will's talking about to get all three. Oh, to get all three. I, I don't know. I mean. The, 
the problem is Dawn Staley is in that Geno, you know, realm where like every year you're supposed to be really good, and when you are really good, it's usually Coach of the Year goes to the Lamont Paris's where you come out of nowhere, uh, and and you have a great season. When you're expected to have a great season, it's harder to win Coach of the Year. But I mean, she certainly she I mean, Dawn Staley was in the candidacy for that every single year. It's like. You know, Coach K and Roy Williams when they were coaching, it was an automatic. They were considered, you know, some of the best, but I don't know. Probably so not. Do you say Mary Bowles you see Mary Bowles getting freshman of the year? Uh nationally or SEC? Well at least SEC. Boy, there's there's a lot of guys at Kentucky. There's a lot of freshmen in the league. It's hard to say for sure. Do I think he's one of the most talented freshmen in the league? Yes. Do I think he's one of the more talented big men that I've seen? A guy that moves at his size the way he does? Yeah. I I, I don't I don't know that you have to win that to validate anything for for Murray Bulls, but he's he's a force, Will. I mean he, he that guy has some amazing skill for for a guy that size. Yeah, what he's been through and everything, you know, he's he's come back. He's done a good job. Yeah, he, he, he sure has. I just want to get y'all's opinions, and I'll take it off there, and y'all have a good weekend. You too, Gamecock Go get- Will. Sorry to mean to cut you off there. Although, <laughs> some people are probably glad I did. Uh, they didn't have anything to say about baseball. I was kind of disappointed in that. Um, clean sweep on that, I, I don't know. I, again, it's hard to give Dawn Staley. You can give it to her every year. You know, you just sort of pick and choose what year you're going to give it to her. I do think Lamont Paris is coach of the year in college basketball. Not just the SEC. I wouldn't have an issue with that. I mean, but I think to get a national sweep like that of, especially because, yeah, to your point, the award goes to the Lamont Parishes who've come out of nowhere, not to the the established yeah. tops of the sport. And that'd just be very tough for one athletic department, I think, to have the two national coaches of the year plus the freshman of the year. What I think hurts Murray Bowles is that he plays on a team that runs a lot of guys out there. Like they had, I mean, South Carolina's a deep team. And so he doesn't, I don't know that his numbers and, and his stats and, and his impact is felt maybe as much as if he, if he were at a different school where he was required to be the guy. He's not the guy. He's not asked to be, quote unquote, the guy for this team. That's, that's Michi Johnson. That's Mac. You know, the ball runs through them more times than not. Um, and his numbers, I mean, they're kind of modest, you know, 9.7 points per game. Uh, he's not. He's just not going to blow you away from a statistical standpoint because he doesn't have to. But John, he's incredibly skilled. I'm. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. Dude moves so well. Uh, got a very bright future ahead in the game of basketball. So I, I don't think it's going to be a bad thing if he doesn't win. Kentucky's got guys. You know, they, there's a lot of teams that have guys that are going to probably win that award. That, well, and that had the head start because of their recruiting ranking coming out of high school. Yeah, and the fact that they were forced to play right away and be a starter and be the guy, you know, all all that kind of stuff factors into it. But doesn't take away from the fact that he's a really good player. Absolutely, there's a lot of really good players on that team. I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really not being mean or anything when I say this. I just don't know how Lamont Parrish did this. Like, I don't know how he assembled this. He had Michi Johnson. You know, you you feel a role there, but how in the world did he put up? Yeah, Reed, Reed Shepard. That's that's the one who, who I was. Yeah, thank you, Texter, uh, for for Kentucky. That's who's probably going to win it. I agree, but I mean, he's one of the top scorers in the league, isn't he? 
Um, but but how how Lamont Parrish did this? I just I can't wrap my mind around it. I mean, this is not just oh he got a couple he got one or two good players. No, John, they run like seven eight deep of guys that I think can can really play and and put a lot of pressure on you, especially on the on the you know on your defense. Pretty talented team. We'll see how far they go in the postseason. Uh, John, let's answer the question. What are some keys for the Clemson Tigers in the baseball series this weekend? Oh, um, pitching. I think pitching is obviously with the way South Carolina can hit the long ball, the way Dylan Brewer has been attacking things offensively. You're pitching from starting bullpen closer. You, you got to be dialed in all three games. How much? You can't let the 18 spot that Kennesaw put up last week replicate itself again. That's one of the reasons I wonder if they don't play today's game if you you just don't pitch Barlow as a starter. Uh, but how much does the does the potential of a two game series affect how you even approach it? I I think I think that, that's a key. Is if it's only a two game series, how how different does it? Two, two games for right now. The third game will be played. Yeah, just want to make sure that. But does, does that not magnify the two games? Um, yeah, sure. It definitely does. Yeah, it puts a lot more pressure on on the here and now of it. Because then you've got the the waiting one down the road of you know, deciding the whole thing probably. Yeah. I I feel like from Clemson's standpoint that when you use Darden and how you use Darden is gonna be one of the biggest keys to the whole weekend. And you got to kind of pick and choose could he pitch multiple? Could he pitch on the thing is if you get rained out today, and if you you've got Barlow tomorrow, I, I I think you would I think you would try to save him for Sunday. I would too. I would too, and then you know after that is when I would start going into you know, maybe your Clayton's Olin Chuck, you know, kind of some of those guys yeah. after Smith and Barlow would you know go one two maybe on Saturday. That would make the most sense to me. And I'd lean on some of those older guys who have been in a lot of high-pressure situations to to finish things out. I want to see if Clemson can produce runs in a more, or in a maybe in a little bit different fashion. Like, what do you mean by that? Not the not as much the long ball, because this this South Carolina pitching staff has not allowed anything. Again, I don't know if the competition level, how much that's played into it. A lot, I'm sure, but they've not given up very many runs as a as a starting weekend rotation. I I want to see guys get on base and and force some pressure situations for those guys. That I think that's going to be a real key. Maybe this is a weekend you do run a little bit more. Now, you know, Messina's pretty good. They they they've got some some guys you got to be careful about. Sure. But I think I think maybe you do put a little more pressure on South Carolina on the base paths. You know, use your athleticism, create some things, just make it uncomfortable for them. Clemson hasn't had to do that. I don't. I don't know. This team isn't capable of it. Just haven't seen it. What would be? I, I want to ask you about a couple um, spots out on the field and where you think that maybe within the first game, whether it's there tomorrow, who will be man in the field? What do you think the plan will be for? To me, I, I think they're almost intertwined, first and third. Um, I mean, is it, if it's 
I don't know. Do you, do you go with the, with what you've been doing? It was your last weekend, the third, for at least the first the first game, and then I don't know. I think I think uh, probably is is Jarrell healthy? I haven't heard anything about it. If if he's healthy enough and he's back, then you feel good about him. Put him at catcher and play over top at first. Sure. And then you can then you open up your options at DH to do some different things based on the pitching. Um, but if not, would you have over top behind the plate, um, hinder leader at first, and Naraki at third probably? Yeah. If that's the case, then yeah. Shifo at short, right at second. Yeah. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. 6-5-4, Roar. We'll talk more about this series and kind of what it means in terms of uh, the the big picture for both teams, what's at stake really. We'll get into all that and more. 654 War back after this. Are you ready, Tiger fans? This weekend, the Clemson Tigers face off against their in-state rival, the South Carolina Gamecocks. In this three-game series, the Tigers look to come out on top as bragging rights are on the line. Broadcast begins Friday at 6.30, Saturday at 3.30, and Sunday at 1.30. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Hey, Boost Mobile here to help you start from scratch. Boost is giving you the chance to win incredible prizes in our latest scratch-off sweepstakes, including up to $5,000 cash with over 7,600 prizes up for grabs. This is an opportunity you don't want to miss. For your chance to win, just head to your local participating Boost Mobile store and ask for a scratcher. It's that easy. So visit a Boost Mobile store today and get after it. Ends 331.24 while supplies last. No purchase necessary. Other restrictions apply. Visit your local Boost Mobile store for details. I'm a donut nut. I'm a donut nut. I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donuts in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open seven days a week. Pick up some delicious donuts and a cup of coffee. We'll help you raise money for your club, church, or group of worthy cause. Sell Krispy Kreme Donuts. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kremes. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kremes. At last, stress-free internet to keep all of your devices covered, including 10 and 2.5 gig speeds. Upcountry Fiber built a network to keep your home and family at its peak performance. Be the first on your block with a future-proof home network with reliable limitless bandwidth for the whole house to stream, work, and game simultaneously. No data caps, no contracts, and free installation. Learn more at upcountryfiber.com forward slash multi-gig. Upcountry Fiber, a stronger connection. Here with Morgan Coleman, real estate professional extraordinaire in the upstate. Morgan, perhaps the most important question you can answer for a client. How will you best represent your clients as a real estate professional? Being a former Clemson athlete has given me the tools that I have easily transferred into my professional career. I have a team first mentality and create a team with my clients along with the other individuals involved with the transaction, such as the lender or any other vendors. Not to mention, I'm able to tap into my competitive side. Yes, I am your real estate professional giving you guidance throughout the buying and selling process, but I always want my clients to feel welcome to voice their questions, thoughts, and opinions. My job is not done once we get under contract. There are many other steps necessary to successfully reach the closing table on time. I'll be your best advocate and would love the opportunity to assist you with your buying or selling needs. Thanks, Morgan. If you want to team up with Morgan Coleman of Joan Herlong & Associates Sotheby's International Realty, 
Give her a call at 864-313-7639. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The college football games may have ended, but the offseason is just getting started. And we have you covered all year long. These fans need to calm down. The big game hype is real. I can't wait. They really need to produce for their fans. The Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the Roars. Press box with Brad and John. Texture gets in. Says the Billy Barlow thing is puzzling to me. He gave up two earned, two unearned runs in the first inning against Xavier, then one hit the next four innings. As far as last Friday, name one player that played well. It was just a bad day all around. You might be on to something there. Sometimes, as as I said on Monday morning, that's baseball. You know, and, and we use that one outing because we only have such a small sample size. To be worried or concerned about Billy Barlow when nobody played well. Texas right. Whole team was off that day, John. That the was, entire team got replaced, but one guy in the outfield. It was 18 to 1. Just a bad day at the office. But you haven't been at the office very much, so we're going to kind of over-amplify it, right? Turn yes. it up a notch. And that that's what makes it difficult this time of year to really analyze this because, Dexter, you're 100% correct. It was a bad day at the office for everybody who showed up. But he's only showed up twice this year. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to make too much of that. And may, maybe we are too down on Billy Barlow. Because, again, he's coming back from injury and shoulder work. And it, it takes some time. And you're, you're ramping things up. I mean, we give guys in the majors leeway. Of course, they play 162 games. Can we give Billy Barlow a little bit? Maybe, uh, yeah. may, maybe we're a little too hard on him. Well, I also think, I mean, do you believe Jimmy Bellinger is a good coach? Uh, yes, I do. I believe you Jimmy believe Eric Backage is a good coach? I think he's an excellent coach. And so, obviously, they must have had a reason to name him the Friday night starter for this team when the season started. He had to do something to earn it. Correct. It was not given. Now, they also have, they decided not to put Ethan Darden in the starting rotation, and they are working on getting Austin Gordon his innings back up. But still, the Friday guys is your ace. Look, I said it last year. Barlow was the best pitcher I saw in the previous year's fall. He was the best pitcher. I mean, he was unhittable. But you ran into a buzzsaw <laughs> last week against Kennesaw State. Maybe a lot of guys would have. Maybe it didn't matter who you threw that day is my point. Just didn't have the stuff. No one had the stuff that day. Kennesaw was seeing the ball a little bit. It just a little bit. Yeah, a little tad. John, big picture, what's at stake this weekend for Clemson and South Carolina? Because you look at the rankings. I see, and we use D1Baseball.com. Clemson, number 10. You got South Carolina, number 19. So this is one of the premier series of the weekend in college baseball. There's no question. I'd say this is number one on everybody's radar that follows the sport from a national perspective. So what is what what can't one can we this is our first real chance to see both teams with with high intensity high leverage situations 
meaningful opponents, big games. Huge, I mean, the atmospheres are always good at both parks. But really, everything on the line kind of feel to it for the first time this year. Yes, absolutely. 100%. How reactive are these teams? How how do they respond to adversity, to difficult moments, and to good moments? So big picture-wise, this, this is going to be a very telling time. It's... I always hate when this series lands. I, I really wish it was five, six, seven series into the season. I wish both teams, we had a full you know, opportunity to, to, to test them uh, elsewhere and see where they, they stack up. And, and But the schedule does not allow such a thing to occur. It's just a you know pipe dream at this point with the way college baseball is set up. But this is, this is the first real test. There's no question about it. Will this be a factor, at least, in postseason determinations potentially it, it could be i do think it sets the winner of it up with a whole lot of momentum though the confidence that winning this series will provide to the winner as they get ready to take on conference play in a couple weeks i i think is just monumental Hmm. okay and on the other side it can create if you were playing a just a random team this weekend and you happen to lose the series, yeah, you you would, you know, people would start to pay a little more attention. But losing this series magnifies what weaknesses you have, what your issues are, and how to attempt to fix them very quickly. Yeah, yeah. This these are the kind of series where if it goes horribly wrong for you, you're making some big time changes. You're shaking up your rotation. You're changing your lineup. You're moving guys around. It can be, I, not not always. But if it goes horribly wrong, you're, you're going to go back to the drawing board. Figure out, okay, well, we didn't stack up against good competition this weekend. What does that mean? Because you got league play coming up in a couple weeks. Right, yeah. There's what, one, one series in between? What, UNC Greensboro, I think it is? I believe so, something like that. Yeah. Next week for Clemson, and then it's off to Duke. Start ACC play. So there's not a lot of opportunities here to figure that out. Uh, you I just think that there's there is the potential that this series is looked at favorably or negatively one way or the other by the committee come come May and June. We get to May that they're going to be weighing this heavily, uh, but they both play in very good leagues. There's a lot of opportunities to help the RPI and the strength of schedule and all the stupid metrics that none of us really care about. We just want to know if you're in or not and whether you're you're hosting and where you're seating and all that kind of stuff is. But um, do you think this is the last time these teams play each other this season? Oh, boy, that's just... That's a little tricky question because it's raining and they may not play tonight. But do you think this weekend is the last time they see each other? Just for the fun of it all, I'm going to say no. Okay. And I'm not referring to a made-up potential rain day if that were to happen. <laughs> uh, probably not a regional, though. No, I'm thinking, like, you know, we're, we're in the summer months. It's you, you could be listening to the radio broadcast out on, like, Hartwell time of the year. I do think, and maybe I'm going to be completely off base on this, you, you tell me, if we have one game where it's, you know, four to three, another one where it's seven to six, and another one where it's, you know, Three to one. We get highly competitive, close games. That I, I think that could factor into the committee's decision to match them up again in a potential supers. Yeah, because they can use that. And go. Oh, these teams were very even. They were very close. We don't know how close Clemson is to 
TCU. You know, we're not right, close yeah. to Texas A&M. But we saw them against South Carolina. These two teams are pretty close. Why don't maybe we consider matching them up in a super? That's Now, if it's one-sided or if it's weird and wonky where you get three games where it's like 11 to, to 3 and 9 to 2 and 10 to nothing, but it's a but you know different winner. Yeah, it's a two-one series win yeah. for someone. Yeah, then maybe maybe that actually hurts that. They don't maybe they. Yeah, okay, we don't want to watch that again. <laughs> they don't know, but if they're really highly contested, close matchups, to me that gives the committee an excuse to go. Well, you know, we compared the two teams and they they were very similar in a lot of areas, and we felt like they'd be a good matchup in a in a super regional. It's fair. It would be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> That's just my theory, and I'm sticking to it. 6-5-4 Roar. Right now, as of this moment in time, tonight's game, 7 p.m., Founders Park. Any changes, we'll pass along to you. Tomorrow afternoon at Segra Park in Columbia, 4 p.m. Uh, is the time for that game, and then Sunday at 2 p.m. at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Are you going to any games? I am not, no. Okay. You're not going to make the trip down to Columbia? Uh, no. We'll not or, be uh, working that into the schedule. Are you working here this weekend? Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> something to do with it. Yeah. Could, could have a little bit of an impact on it. Texter says, I actually prefer the old way. Four games in the midweek, series later in the year. Uh, I kind of did, too. I, was it just like just four different Tuesdays over the course of the season that they, how that would work? Or no, they would actually do like a Saturday Sunday, and then play two midweek games. It didn't really fit the way you do college baseball anymore. That's that's the reason it changed. Right. One, it became very difficult to schedule midweek games against each other, and they didn't. It just didn't make sense to do the two the two games feel to it you know because you would do you know like two games you'd play here you'd play there and then you would play a Tuesday game in Columbia and a in mid-April and a, another game in mid-May in Clemson I get it but yeah to your point that's just not how baseball is kind of put together in the year of our Lord 2024 no, nah, once they once they made some scheduling changes, once they made it where everybody played the same amount of games, then you kind of had to to do it that way. Um, Texas didn't they do Tuesday, Wednesday, two games sometimes? I, I think there might have been some time where they did that. I think they may have also had to do that because of like rainouts or something potentially. Back then, you didn't play a ton of Tuesday games. You played a lot of Wednesday games. Tuesday games kind of came along. I feel like they came a little bit later. Yeah, that was more of the makeup date, you know, for rainouts and things like that. Well, back in back in the day, you didn't play multiple midweek games very often because you now it's a condensed schedule. You know, you you could start a little bit. They did a uniform start time and a uniform number of games. It was not like that. Like Ohio State may play forty three regular season games. Clemson might play sixty two. Like it was, there were some bizarro times in college baseball, and teams would have those those baseball classics in warm weather, and you might play twelve games in two weeks. <laughs> I'm serious. Like Florida State would already play twelve games by the time you know Michigan played their third game of the season. Wow, 
It was really bizarro stuff. Hard to believe it was like that, but... And some of it, too, because the SEC, I know, does a lot of Thursday, Friday, Saturday series yeah. during their regular season. Yeah. And that texture brings up a good point. Uh, you weren't throwing your best pitchers on during the midweek games. That was the thing you had to decide. Do I want, like, say I was playing a, a lesser conference opponent, let's per se. Do I want to just take my Friday guy and move him? But, but then you can't pitch him again the next Friday. Yeah, then you're really throwing things off. I, I I can see the the appeal of having two on each campus. But I think just in terms of how you go through the, the flow of a season, this makes more sense. Yeah. God, it feels like ancient times I'm talking about here. This was like, I mean, this all changed in, what, 2010s? I guess it was maybe right before that it started to change, something something like that. But, yeah, there there was a time when it, Scheduling made no sense in college baseball, and when it made no sense, you could play four games because you could you had you could do the schedule how you wanted. You had much more control over the schedule. Now you have almost no control over the schedule. You get handed your conference schedule, and so you have to work around so many. You get so few weekends to work around it, and with a condensed schedule, you got to play a lot of midweek games. Now you got to play a lot of Tuesday, Wednesdays, back to backs. Used to be you played once a week. You played on the weekends. And sometimes, I, I if I remember correctly, sometimes you even have four-game series. You play Really? Th- you play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In league? I don't I don't know if that was in league. I, I don't I don't recall that. But I do recall there being some, like, four-game series. Wow. Just, just so you could – because you could. You could get games in. You could play as many as you wanted. <laughs> and if you didn't want to overburden your team, like, you could just play a weekend and then have – Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, and play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, wow, yeah. It was really bizarre. but Glad we don't live in those times. I, I, but to that, we, we've lost some of the, the, the head-to-head matchups. Sure, no, I agree, but I, I would rather have everyone plays 56 than, to your point, some play 65, some play 42, some are playing 58. The and, and especially the with how we... You know, in certain parts of this country, we scrap our midweek games to not hurt our RPI as we get into the month of May. Like, how much more of that could would be taking place wildly with the using of the metrics with uneven schedules like that? But I don't think the schedules are the problem. The, the The metrics are the problem, or the the ability to game the metrics are the problem. Not really. Do you think how much more gaming it there would be? Versus, hey, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, we we only need to play forty five games. We don't need to get into the fifties because then, you know, to your point, yes, we would have a lot more teams opting out of games. Boy, that's that's a word we haven't used in a while since bowl season. But we would have some teams opting out at, at various points in the season, maybe not just at the end of the year, <laughs> as you're trying to game the RPI system, because you wouldn't. Because who cares if you play sixty three or sixty two? You know. Another team's playing 43 regardless. God. See, we didn't realize much on metrics in because you couldn't. And and that's how the RPI sort of spawned itself, is to try to, to show us, to close the gaps on who was actually good and who wasn't because some teams would run up gaudy numbers because they would play, you know, a ton of games in February and March against very beatable teams or you know, essentially Division Two, you know, type teams or very low level Division One teams, 
And I it just it was very difficult to figure out. It might be some of the reasons why the same teams were making it to Omaha every year, it felt like. Because it wasn't that like it wasn't that hard to figure out how to get to there, to get to that point. You were getting national seeds every year. You know, because you built a brand, you built a you ran up a ton of wins. So you were considered a big time national brand. And maybe you know, this this system has allowed the little or some of the little guys. You know, Stony Brook, Coastal won it all. Yeah. You know, I, 30 we, years ago, I, I just don't think there was a path for that to happen. We finally found a collegiate sport where we have leveled the playing field for the little guy a little bit. But that was the whole point of making some drastic changes to the scheduling and uniformity and everything else because the Northern teams complained enough that they got hurt. Which brings us to college football. We'll hit on that on the other side. Northern teams still complaining and wanting their way. We'll hit on that coming up. Sure, we don't go anywhere. Checking in with my good friend Morgan Coleman, trusted real estate professional in the upstate. Okay, Morgan, since you've been on the air with us, the real estate market has changed a lot, uh, especially over the past six months or so. So tell me, what does the current real estate landscape look like right now? The current market is back to a neutral market. During the height of COVID, we were heavily in a seller's market with about two months worth of active inventory on the market. Now that pendulum has swung back towards a neutral market, closer towards that six months worth of active inventory. We still have not fully caught up with the active inventory, but buyers have some negotiating power and it is crucially important for sellers to get their home show ready and to be priced accordingly to the current market, not 18 months ago. Thanks, Morgan. That's Morgan Coleman of Joan Herlong & Associates, Sotheby's International Realty. To get in touch, give her a call at 864-313-7639. Have you heard that the IRS is hiring thousands of additional revenue officers, which will result in an increase in audits and levies? If you owe delinquent taxes, these changes will cause you more stress and unwanted misery. Be proactive. Start today. Let David Green at Green Law Firm help you resolve those taxes before the IRS comes knocking. Call Green Law Firm at 864-271-7940. That's 864-271-7940. Or visit greenlaw.legal. Do it today and rest easier tomorrow. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylors. Craft Stove Store and Patio. SDC Seating and Air is here to keep your family cool in the summer and warm in the winter with premium Heil units, supercharged with 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. SDC is Clemson alumni-owned and celebrating over 20 years of serving Tiger fans across Oconee, Pickens, and Greater Greenville. Be sure to like their Facebook page for giveaways, promotions, and specials. That's E-S-T-E-S Heating and Air on Facebook to win prizes and receive specials on HVAC services and installs to keep your family comfortable all year long with Heil units. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all states to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Six sports minds playing with powerful toys. He's got some tools. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Back to the press box, 10:43 a.m. on this Friday edition. We got some football to come or to 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 get to you shortly. Uh, we'll do some Clemson and, of course, college football playoff stuff. Continues to be really weird. Before we dive into that, John, let's just take a little bit of a moment. Why not? Feels like the time to do it. I want to apologize, Brace fans everywhere out there. We haven't done enough of this. Your Braves report here on a Friday, first day of March. Atlanta Braves <laughs> got uh, some good performances yesterday in spring training. They did some split squad stuff, but they got a really nice outing from one young Spencer Strider who showcased his new curveball. John uh, Strider, did you get to see any of this? You seen the highlights of, of his performance yesterday? I've seen a couple of clips. So, he has been a primarily fastball pitcher, correct? In fact, 60% of his pitches are were last season were fastballs. He goes slider is sort of his, his other pitch, right? It's fastball, slider, fastball, slider. Well, he introduced and started working on... He's had, he's had a changeup that he threw the other, like, 7% of the time last year. But he introduced this curveball today, or this year. And he showcased it some yesterday. He had four strikeouts that came on changeups or curveballs yesterday. And how do you do that? How can you sit there and look at 99, 100, 101, and then you get two strike count against you, and here comes that curveball? Here comes a changeup. And now, because of the curveball, the changeup becomes more effective pitch. Because you don't know which one you're going to get. And the curveball looks like it's going to be a fastball from the arm slot angle. And then that sucker drops. How do you hit that? Or do you? Uh, Well, I mean, obviously someone's going to hit it at some point this year. He's not going to have a zero ERA over, you know, 30 starts or anything. But says you. He did set a strikeout record last year. For the Atlanta Braves, I'm aware of that, okay. but someone the, people will make contact. <laughs> so says you, uh, but it is it's. Oh no, I think he is going to have the best year of his career this year. I think it is going to show that he is the ace of this franchise, mm. and that it's going to make people very comfortable watching Max Fried sign a 200 plus million dollar deal with another organization yeah, after this I year. I don't care where what Max Fried does. That's what I mean, but I think the performance of Strider this year is going to allow the majority of Brace fans to be like, "All right, see you. Go get paid." 
That curveball is so nasty, though. I mean, no, I was just giving him all the credit God, in the world. That thing will tail so low and bury itself to where no bat can get on it. And I don't even think it has to be a super effective pitch. Like, it doesn't have to be the, the greatest curveball of all time. It's just got to be halfway decent. And the rate that he comes at you with the velocity to throw that at him, man, it's going to be so fun. So I, fun to watch. The only pushback, the only thing I would say differently is you should have thrown him on Tuesday. Oh, see, this is John trying to get in the fact that his Pirates won their their first spring we game. We have to say, Braves. right, we're one and three. You don't get two wins yesterday on that with a split squad. That's garbage. I count it. No, but but I, just a little, you know, peek behind the curtain here. I know it's spring training. It doesn't matter. Brad had no problem texting me on Tuesday when the Braves are up 4 nothing. I don't even know if y'all are going to score. All this, that, and the other. And then Key Brian Hayes puts a grand slam into the parking lot, no, and, and I, the Pirates score 13 unanswered. I asked if you were going to bother to win a game this year in spring. I didn't say, are you, we have the same are record. you going to score? The smugness. I th- I, am I doing a show with Jay Billis, or am I doing a show with Brad Sankoff over here? I, hey, hey. I have every right to be smug. <laughs> My team compared to yours right now. It's spring ball. It doesn't matter. But it was still, it was still, it was all good fun. I didn't ask if you were going to win a game. I didn't ask if you were going to win that game. We we did win a game. I know, but I didn't ask if you were going to win. I said, are you going to win a game in the spring? That's all I wanted to say. And you did. You and answered we did. the question. The other thing I want to note for the Atlanta Braves, Forrest Wall is hitting. I, do you even know who that is, John? No. This is an outfielder that you you stash on your team to use. Uh, like he's one of those guys that'll come in and be your pinch runner in the postseason because he's just got electric speed. You know, he's just fast. Uh, he spent some time. David O'Brien from the Athletic had a story about that um, yesterday. He spent some time with some of the Braves' hitting instructors this off season. And for whatever, maybe it's just spring ball and it's just pure, nice little luck. But he's hitting the ball. He's got three home runs. He hit two home runs yesterday. Two three-run bombs yesterday. And now he's hit three on the spring season. I'm not saying he's going to be a player. But I'm also not going to rule it out that maybe something worked. Uh, and he learned something that he can use and maybe stick with the big league team for a while. But he's an incredibly fast player who steals bases. He's really, really useful in that category. It, it, in AAA last year, he sold 57 bases in 66 attempts. Look out, Ronald Acuna. Someone's coming for your job. He might start in right field day one. He might just take over Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, I'm here in nine years, a hundred million. Let's lock him up right now. I'm, I, I'm seeing seventy stolen bases for Forrest Wall and no, 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 forty-three no. home runs. He's got to be more than seventy. Eighty-five stolen bases. Th- thank you. Finally, put some realistic numbers out there for the people, Brad. Eighty-five stolen bases and forty-six home runs for Forrest Wall in 2024. That's my prediction, and you won't change my mind. Oh, I'm not even going to attempt to. I, I love this. We'll have to move Ronald Acuna to catcher. You just trade him. Well, you can trade. still get some value for him. <laughs> why? Why you still got Forrest Wall on that? Yeah, uh, exactly. On, on that a, minor league contract. 
<laughs> ship Ronald Acuna to the to the Pirates? No, I would say it'd be hilarious. Well, no, he hasn't gotten the huge contract yet. He makes yet, so. more money in one year than your entire team. No, I'm not saying that, but I, I was thinking he doesn't have like the mega mega contract, so we can't comically send him to the Padres. No, we can't do that. I, I would take him. You know, he, he, I would have no problem him standing out there manning the right field that Roberto Clemente once did. I mean, I'm just saying after after nine and a half years, maybe this is. It's time. This is it's time Forrest, to move on. This is Forrest Wall's time to shine, and Acuna's got to take a back seat to somebody. And I think that, just, I mean, it's, it's bad teammate effort of Ronald Acuna to hog the spotlight and not let clearly the superior athlete have his spot in the lineup. I mean, Chad the Mailman has a really good idea. In fact, we'll, we'll, we'll just give you Michael Harris, and we'll, and we'll put Acuna in center, Wall in right, and Brian Reynolds in left. No. You don't want Michael Harris? I like Brian Reynolds. You have to like Brian Reynolds. He's the only player on your team. That's not true. O'Neal Cruz, comeback tour, baby. Let's go. Uh, if he's healthy. He is. Are you caught up in the Paul Skeens hype? A hundred percent. Are you hanging on to every uh, spring training pitch? Like, like it's like sarcastically, yes, are... I am. Yeah, no, I, I, obviously I didn't watch every single pitch that he threw yesterday, but... The gory years are coming. The roaring 20s. The roaring 20s in Pittsburgh. It's about to happen. No, I, I was. I will say though, it was crazy yesterday in the Pirates Orioles spring training game to see four number one overall picks on the field at the same time. Paul Skeens and Henry Davis for the Pirates, and Holiday and Adley Rushman for the Orioles. Mm. That's a lot of really good talent. That's a lot of college guys we've been watching for a long time on the field at one time. I wonder how many times that happens. Not often. I mean, just and obviously you you, you had to have two franchises that were poor enough to have. Can you name the years they went? Um, Skeens last year, I believe Henry Davis was twenty one. Uh, Rutschman would have been five six years, several years was ago. Nineteen. Rutschman, I think, was even before that. Was he really? Yeah. God, he's been he's been that long since he was at Oregon State. Oregon State. Uh, now, now I'm going to fact check you because that feels like a really long time since he was drafted. 2019, I was right. Why do I feel like it was a? Oh, I don't know that that whole 2020 year in there kind of skews everyone's memories. Well, there's pre-COVID and post-COVID. Yeah, so fair enough there. All right, that is your Atlanta Braves report. Brought to you by Your Pie. Go check out Your Pie in Clemson. You can go see them. This weekend, if you're going to be in town for anything, uh, Sunday, I would highly suggest you stop in there and pick up a uh, Your Pie meal. Uh, it's ready in no time at all. In fact, if you're in a hurry, you're driving through Clemson, need a need a quick lunch, download the app, the Your Pie app. You can order your pizza on there, and they have it sitting there waiting on you when you walk in. They even the, the dockside location has a little window. You don't have to go inside. You can just walk up to the window, and they'll hand you your pizza. It's really cool. Uh, but they also got a location, 111 Earl Street, downtown. So wherever you are in Clemson, make sure you make your pie your destination. Televisions, craft beer, gelato. So there's a lot of reasons to hang out if you're not in a hurry uh, at your pie. It's really good, high-quality food. Uh, can't recommend it enough. In fact, they've got the uh, spicy barbecue pulled pork pizza. It's got my attention, John. I may have to go try that. Uh, I like a little variation 
on the pizza sometimes. I think that's a good one. Go check them out. Yourpie.com is their website. 654-ROAR, you want to get in with us. College football. What was your reaction, John, when you heard the latest in what the Big Ten and SEC are, do I want to use the word proposing? Is that fair to say? Or should I say demanding? Is that a little bit stronger word that's more accurate? It's in between the two of what they're doing. What they are proposing, demanding, however you want to word it. Floating out there. Yes, crowdsourcing. Socially, isn't that the word they use? Socially, yeah. Where do they come up with this crap? Uh, I'm glad to know that they can get paid millions of dollars to sit around and look through a thesaurus to tell Heather Dennett the one word to use. They want, in case you missed it, guaranteed locked in first round buys in the 14 team three three two two one model. I'm going to get really tired of saying that. I, in fact, we we need to come up with a way to describe this model because the Sankey I, I am, model. The I am Sankey not model. calling it three three two two one. I'm not doing like a pre-snap audible call to call the playoff format. <laughs> that's some, that's something the quarterback hollers at the line of scrimmage. We got, we got a corner blitz. Omaha, Omaha. Okay. <laughs> All right, Peyton man. Fifty two's the mic. Three three two two one. Three three two two one. It's what it it's what it sounds like. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Dual Dak Prescott. Yeah, here we go. No, I. You know, yesterday I was a little more optimistic about the fact that there were two versus the three, right? And then, and, and, but I, I need to take back what I said. That I'm full board now, agreeing with you that this is bending the knee and showing that you are a second class citizen in, in the likes of the SEC and the Big Ten. That their conference champion is just locked in for a bye. That Clemson could go and win the ACC. Be the only, let's just say, or Florida State, pick a team. You'd be undefeated. And you're not getting the benefit of the doubt so a 10-2 and SEC team can get a bye because they had to play a meat grinder schedule that they created for themselves. Is that, that, that's where your beef lies right now? I have a lot of beef in a lot of different areas. Well, talk it out. That, to me, is one of them. It's Why? Why Why does that one bother you? Because we're not settling it on the field. We're predetermining the path. Without knowing, without knowing rosters, without knowing anything involved with it, we are just predetermining, giving them not only just a preferential path, but they're also going to get more of the money, too. But isn't that the whole point? The point is not to win a national title. No, it's the, not. The SEC and the Big Ten are not trying to create a method to win or to crown a champion in any way whatsoever. They're trying to capitalize as much as humanly possible financially. And that's why they want these guarantees. Because they know that then they can go to ESPN and be like, this is what you're going to get. So this is what you're going to pay. It's just crazy, though, that we're... I mean, I know it's all about the money. But to see the gaps in the TV deals between the leagues. And then we're going to game the system so that the gaps in the TV deals are even more there. So that the gap can continue to be shown more and more year in and year out. 
All right, we'll, we'll talk more of this out, but let me ask you this. Is this cage rattling, or is this something you think they can actually get away with? I think they can actually get away with it, and that's what scares me. I, I am worried that the rest of the commissioners and the people who have a say in this thing are not going to fight it. Do you remember what I said yesterday when we talked about this? Are, is there a line that these two conferences can cross that will make somebody stand up to them? Because it looked like yesterday, I don't know that there is. Is this the line? It should be. They want guaranteed spots. So it doesn't matter what you do. It only matters what they do. And it doesn't matter. They already have more spots in there in the dance than you do anyways. Right. And they get the preferential spot now, at the buy. Now they get the buys. They're, again, they're not trying to determine the national championship. They're trying to make sure that their conference is included and gets a guaranteed spot in the biggest draw here. In, in, in the biggest games, the ones are going to get the most attention. They they don't want to face a, face a situation where even though they're already gaming the system, that they somehow get eliminated and are left out of the biggest games of the college football season. It has nothing to do with winning, John. Nothing. This isn't about winning. No, we want to make sure we're guaranteed. Someone's guaranteed a spot in the semifinal where the bigger payouts will come regardless of having to earn our way to get there. They're too worried they're going to be left out financially. When they already have such a leg up over everybody else. Right. You've already got the advantage. You got it. They gave you their the advantage you more. wanted. More. It's about more. We'll discuss it on the other side. Six five four Rory, you want to get in. Hour two. Wrap it up now. Hour three gets started here in just a few moments on a Friday, right after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5 Sports.